new crew, NYC, in Brooklyn, still here. What up, what up, what up? It's your girl, Josina Anderson, host of The Crew. We have been away for a while post-Super Bowl. You know, we actually still have to talk to Morris Chestnut about his Eagles losing. Unfortunately, he would not be on the show today. Of course he would. <laughs> you already hear Fred Smooch Simon behind the scenes. <laughs> but, you know, we will eventually get his uh, sad, sad reactions as he is filming on a movie today. But we still have very special guests joining the show. I am back from the combine. We have been away from you guys for three weeks. But on the heels of returning from Indianapolis, Georgia Edge rusher Nolan Smith will be joining the crew today. Obviously, Fred Smoot and Clarence Hill, you know I'm covering the Cowboys for years and years for the Star-Telegram down there in Dallas. Uh, he'll have a lot to say about Tony Pollard, Ezekiel Elliott, what's going on down there. Uh, of course, we are going to get to the headlines soon, but before we do that, I always tell you where you can find our pod, download the Odyssey app on your phone, or you can go to our, our URL on YouTube. That is thecrewshow.com, thecrewshow.com. That will take you directly to our YouTube page. But without further delay, let's get to our headline and crew call first. All right, well, look who's in the building. Fred Smoot and Clarence Hill. You guys are looking pretty handsome there in your respective houses. How y'all doing this morning? I'm doing good, man. You know, it's, it's, it's all good vibes around D.C. right now when it comes to Commander Land. It's all oh. good vibes. Oh, okay, so you feeling better about yourselves down there. No, no, we're feeling real good about that. You know, it's 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 the it's the start of a new dynasty here. It's the start of a lot going dynasty. on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Think about this. Think about this. In less than three months, we could have one of the, if not one of the richest men in the world, being the owner of the Washington football team that guarantees us uh, the biggest stadium in the NFL, the baddest stadium in the NFL. It just brings good omens. Right now, everything's good in DC right now. Did you say brings good omens? Did you say brings good omens or brings good almonds? I couldn't hear good. <laughs> I said omens. What you say, Clarence? What you say? Quarterback. Can y'all get a quarterback? We got the young air wolf, Sam Howe. We're going to give him a shot at it. The young air wolf deserves a shot. And don't forget that this guy was set to be a top 10 pick. He had a bad senior year. He came out. like This guy is is very equipped to get the job done. And I love that press guy. But y'all might need to all y'all quarterback up for a little bit, too. Welcome, welcome, Clarence. Welcome to the show, Clarence. How are you doing? Just getting back from the combine, recovering from a week at the combine. You know, it, it seemed like it gets longer and longer. I was there from Monday through Saturday. That's a, it's a yeah, lot boy. of time you know, at the convention center, a lot of time at St. Elmo's and those bars at night with those owners. But nobody the, told you, know, you to be at the bars. Why are you supposed to be writing articles? It's part of the festivities. It's part of the festivities. Is it a parade or is it a is it a, a, a covering event? It's all of that. You got to cover the day and the night. Uh, uh, well, yeah, I saw you uh, out there too. I mean, just running, running them hard streets of Indianapolis. Yes, you were. First of all, I was at Prime one time. We got a network. I was at Prime one time. I was not at every, it seemed like, first of all, Fred, it seemed like every male in Indianapolis was at the cigar bar. They were either at Byrne or Nikki Blaine's, you know, having yep. their hair and their clothes smelling like cigars. Yeah, yeah. Fred, you go to the cigar bar because that's where the coaches are, the assistant coaches. A lot of them, they go to the cigar bar. Mm -hmm. 
prime, you got the agents, you got the front office execs. You got to go to different places to get different people. First of all, cigars attract bosses. That's just the way it goes. You want to find the bosses, you find the cigars. Padron for me, but you find a good cigar, you love it. Clarence, how do you feel about Fred's mood already talking about it's the start of a new dynasty down there in Washington as, you know, somebody that covers the NFC East? I mean, it's, it's you know what? I, I got mixed <laughs> emotions because you know what? Mm. Eric Benemy's my dude. Mm. I love him. I love him. I'm, I'm a big Eric Benemy guy and I'm really happy for him uh, to, to get this opportunity to really show what he can do. Uh, on the other hand, I hate the fact he has to go to Washington to do it just because <laughs> no, no no not 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 against the red washington but mm. it, it, it's a volatile situation i know what he's saying it's a great time but you know when you have a new ownership that mm-hmm. you change and that means that your court your coach you know is probably uh you know on his last leg you got a lame duck coach you know and it's mm-hmm. hard to really impress and, and really put your stuff in a situation in one year when the coaching staff might be fired next year with the new head, with a new ownership. Hey, see, that's where you're wrong at. See, the great thing about finding that new coach is he's already on your staff. You bring him in, so nothing changes. You bring the enemy in. See, the one thing about this thing that makes it so great for Coach B enemy, which he was my running back coach at the Minnesota Vikings, so I've had the pleasure of going head-to-head with Coach mm-hmm. B enemy at practice. The thing is, come here now, because the one thing we don't know about Airbnb, we know what Eric, I mean, we know what Andy Reid's offense looked like. We don't know what Airbnb enemy offense looked like, and this give him a chance to put an identity on that offense. And think about this, Clarence. Let's just say we was ranked 19th or 20th in offense last year. If we go to 17 or 16, he gets all the glory. It's his offense. It's his team. I think it's perfect because guess what? You're right. Maybe an older coach is moving out. But we got one under the roof that can just step up and nothing changes. I agree. That's the best case scenario for Eric Benham. My issue is you, the ownership, they like to clean out. They want their own guys. You know, yes, he was hired under this staff and under this regime. If, if Bezos comes in there, they won't want their own people. They're going to want their own staff on the situation. Well, we're not there yet. Well, we, no, we no. are not there yet. A lot, there's a lot to be discussed at the owners' meeting that is coming up uh, at the end of the month, and it's in Arizona uh, this year. So we, we will see what's on the docket with regards to how the owners feel with um, Daniel Snyder still not moving forward, um, you know, at least making sub- substantive progress on uh, the bidders for his team. But let's move on to headlines real quick because we're going to do these real quick. Wow, there was a big news in the NFL yesterday. Your boy, Derek Carr. Many thought he was going to the Jets. Some thought he was going elsewhere. But he ends up with the New Orleans Saints on a four-year, $150 million deal. Quick, Fred Smoot, your reaction to him going to N.O.? I love it. First of all, we need a mass exodus of the quarterbacks from the AFC. The AFC has, I think, around 14 top 10 quarterbacks over there. We need some of those guys in the NFC right now. And going to the NFC South, he's the best quarterback in the NFC, NFC South. So congratulations to, to, to Carr, because one thing he hasn't had is a good defense. He will have that in New Orleans, and he will have a crowd, a fan base that'll love on him, and that's what he needs. Mm-hmm. Clarence? You know, I always follow the relationships. I always follow the connections. 
Dennis Allen was his coach in Oakland, Las Vegas, wherever they were. I think it was yeah, Oakland when Dennis was there. But in Dennis is New Orleans, so you know he pushed strongest for Derek Carr. He's there. Hope it works. I mean, the, the Saints are trying to win now. They're not trying to kick, you know, to kick the can down the road, you know, uh, financially with with all the stuff they have to do to make this happen. But it's a good fit and good situation for him. Yeah, but I, here's the thing. I mean, when you say it's a good fit in the situation with him, are you guys in, counting the fact that, you know, the situation with Alvin Kamara is unresolved with him having a fate based court situation? I believe in, uh, you know, late summer going into the offseason, we haven't even, we don't know what's going on with Michael Thomas and all this other stuff. Do you, do you feel good about his options there? Chris Olave, Mike Thomas, tight end in the building. They can draft a Dunnell Washington. I feel good about where they at. You got to look at the team for the totality, not the situations. Yeah, the situations are complicated, but the totality is very easy. They are one of the best teams in the NFC uh, South with him on their team. So you feel so are are you liking are you liking New Orleans better because it's the NFC South versus the weapons he could have had with the Jets as far as Garrett Wilson and whoever else like OBJ that could join you know I, I, the the offense it, especially with Brees Hall getting you know um a lot of a lot of a lot of ifs, a lot of ifs there. And when I go to battle, who am I going to battle against? Do I want to go against the the AFC? Josh Allen and the rest of those guys. I ain't brought up Pat Mahomes. I ain't brought up Justin Herbert. I ain't brought up Tua. I ain't brought up none of these guys. At the end of the day, he set up the win in the NFC. If I'm a quarterback right now, I'm trying to get to the NFC, and that's where you can go and you can and you can make some ground up. But if you're gonna go into the belly of the beast in the AFC with the Jets. No, I don't think that looks good for you. Clarence, are you good with him going to the uh, to the Saints? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that it's, it's the best situation for the Saints. Again, it's, it's all about the relationships. I mean, you, you cannot discount the Dennis Allen push for him, and certainly he's going to finally have a defense to play with. And he does have some weapons on offense. Yeah, that's, that's of course, it's about the running back. But the receiver, and, and I, you know, at least from, from when I was thinking, all the receivers are on board with him coming there. They're looking forward to it. They haven't had a quarterback to throw him the ball in a while. Mm -hmm. Well, listen, down the field. Drew Brees was great, but he can't throw the deep ball. Really quickly, I did want to get back to our news. We had talked about Derek Carr um, going to the Saints, kind of jilting the Jets there. Geno Smith also got a big deal yesterday. Three-year, $105 million. What are you thinking as far as the Seahawks deciding to give him this money, which I think averages out to $35 million mm -hmm. a year? as opposed to, you know, either tagging him um, or, you know, kind of making him do it another year before they give him this extension. What do you think about that, Fred? Oh, I think it's perfect. Uh, we've seen this before. We've seen the Vinny Testaverdes of the world. We've seen the guys get benched and go over there with the clipboard and just patiently wait on their tans. We've seen Frank Wright do it uh, with Jim Kelly. We've just seen this story before. Now it's Geno Smith. I think it's a good signing for Seattle. It allows them to be patient with their next quarterback and sit him behind Geno. I think it's perfect signing for him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it, it's a. Gino's story is great. You know, you wrote me off, but I didn't write back. I, I love it. I love the journey and, and how he never gave up and, and it's finally getting his payday. But beneath the number is really a one-year $25 million deal, maybe $28 million deal. That does not accrue them from drafting the quarterback and drafting the replacement. But it's a great move that rewarded Gino, you know, for the season he had. And certainly if he continues that, he can, he can you know, get the uh, the other three years. But again, it's, it's a great move for Gino, a great a story as far as his journey, what he had to go through. 
What I love about Geno Smith's story is when you think about all the years that he was toiling in Seattle, especially after leaving the Jets and going to the Giants, holding the clipboard, all the narrative out there that he was a bust out of West Virginia or, you know, he didn't really realize his full potential. I personally even find his story inspiring because it lets you know that even after years and years and years of not getting your due, that the time can come. I love that about uh, Gino's story, even though it is true that the Seahawks were, you know, talking to Baker Mayfield and trying to figure that out, whatever, that it's still, that the circumstances still lined up, you know, for the light to shine underneath him and for him to have what I feel like was kind of like a God winked season, I think is especially great. Also kind of liken that to the year that uh, Steve Wilkes had, you know, after uh, Matt rule kind of got out of there at Carolina, the circumstances came together for him to some, somehow have some sort of redemption and restoration. Both of those two are two people that I think of from the season last year who had that experience really quickly today, guys is franchise tag day. We are waiting to hear what is, happening with the one Lamar Jackson. Fred, the Baltimore Ravens have a big decision, non-exclusive or exclusive. What should they do? First of all, if you go non-exclusive, he will be Atlanta Falcon. I, I'm telling you that. Like, he will be gone. Anybody in their right mind will give up two first-rounders for this guy. I don't care what pick it is. So, if you go non-exclusive and you the Ravens, that's telling me they're planning on getting those two first-round draft picks, having three first-round draft picks, trading up to get one Anthony Richardson, AR-15, like, to replace a Lamar Jackson. But if they can't, if, you, if, if you're going to give him 40 million you might as well complete the deal with 200 guaranteed to make it a franchise quarterback deal i just don't see what they why they wait so long and i, I love my cousins the ravens they usually do good business i'm not seeing them do good business right now. go ahead clarence yeah i mean i agree if you're if you give him the non-exclusive uh, franchise tag you basically tell him you don't want him you're just trying to yeah. get more i mean because and and, and and the flip side of that is there's no guarantee you're going to win. You're a playoff team. You've been a perennial playoff team, perennial contender with Lamar Jackson. You get you get rid of Lamar Jackson, and you you go into the bottom of the barrel. And and I don't know if, if you know I don't know why you want to risk that at, at mm -hmm. all. But if you if you give him again the non-exclusive franchise tag, he's out the door. He's gone. He's gone. Obviously, you're doing that if you are literally just one, planning not to match, and two, you're okay with just getting two first round picks, which one, I don't think you should be given the, the market value that has come back in return for the Deshaun Watsons and for the Russell. I mean, that is far below the compensation that you should be getting in return. I feel they should go ahead with it, even though it's less money to work with guys that they need to bring back, like Marcus Peters, Fuller, and all those other things. But at least you're in more control of the compensation that you're getting back that you can then use to make other deals anyways. But but now you're in that Kirk Cousins zone. You're in there with your franchising now. You're probably going to have to franchise him again to keep him when that's already 100-plus million you could have gave him that's what he asked for 240 in that Kirk Cousins situation because even on the exclusive tag you can still you can still do a deal no no you can but guess what mm -hmm. the question is you put him on that tag it ain't no guarantee he's gonna accept it and play with it like well, he I still mean, has to accept it sign it and play well even though you would uh, elect to do the exclusive the mindset would still be that you would be 
having conversations with Lamar and you'd be having conversations with the team and, and there would still be input there. The only reason why you're doing that is, is not because yes, you, it inhibits him from talking and negotiating with other teams, but you're really doing that more so to control the compensation coming in. So that, that that's, at least that's the way that I look at it. Although you lose another 13 million in room, you know, to be able to sign other guys. And that's the other part, because you got to get Marcus Peters back. Their pass defense was way, you know, not as strong as the run defense at all it wasn't even close so you got to get some of these key backs to shore up on the back end go ahead uh clarence well i don't know why you got to get guys back who, who didn't play well you know last yeah. year in, in the second. Yeah. Oh, you have because you have to Marcus have not who he was i mean you, you know that's one reason why the past defense was, was, was suspect last year but Brad, you feel that way your corner do you agree uh, yes, at the end of the day, Clarence is exactly right. And and what you forget, Josina, you forgetting the relationship part of this. Mm-hmm. All right? Once you franchise, this guy has made it clear: I do not want to be franchised. When you when you franchise him, you're saying this is uh, we have to look out for our better business interests. And now that relationship is broken. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, we'll we'll see. It's going to be fascinating to see uh, what the uh, Ravens do. One of the other points that I wanted to bring up in this is that, um, you know, when you're kind of talking about some of the talk behind the scenes, one of the things that has come up uh, that I didn't uh, get to mention in my report from Indianapolis is this this talk behind, you know, getting a long term deal versus a shorter term deal. It reminds me of Carmelo Anthony when and he was in the NBA getting those five year deals, five year deals. Remember at the time in the NBA, guys, where LeBron kept doing the shorter term deals because he had to revolutionize the mindset of trying to get back to the apple, a bite at the apple a lot quicker. But one of the complaints that I was hearing behind the scenes just in real talk is, you know, if if Lamar and I haven't, you know, talked to him directly, although I have talked to people very direct in this situation and I want him to get all of his money and, and very, you know, obviously positive about everything that he has accomplished. But one of the things that have come up is in the business of negotiating you you uh people have said that you cannot get everything that you want meaning you cannot get you know a short term deal and when at APY and when at this and when at that, there has to be some give and take that if you're going to get the shorter deal, that maybe you're not winning at the API that you want or the guarantee or, or whatever. We don't NFL, NFL players differ than basketball players. We don't want short term deals. Our, our game is too physical. We don't want we want long term deals. We want long term security. I, that's the only agreement we can come to. If he's a quarterback. Quarterbacks are franchise quarterbacks for a reason. Kirk Cousins had a three-year with- deal coming out of the uh, Commanders. He he did a three-year deal with Minnesota, eighty-four million, as opposed to Patrick Mahomes, who did a, a very very long-term deal. But now, as you know, they, they didn't want him. They didn't. They didn't want a Patrick Mahomes. Him. He hasn't. He hasn't proved to be Patrick Mahomes. Like you're not going to Patrick Mahomes him, but Lamar Jackson has. He has proven to be their Patrick Mahomes. They're, like they're no. They're not. A playoff team without Lamar Jackson. I don't care who they go out and get in free agency. We'll, we'll get clarity on what it. I'm just, you know, there's things that said behind the scenes, but we'll definitely get clarity on what is his preferred term. Clarence, you got a comment on this real quick before you move on? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree that it seems today, Fred, that, that that especially with quarterbacks, they do want to get short-term deals so they get another bite of the apple. I mean, Dak Prescott signed a four-year, um, $160 million deal. And so he can get back because the TV contracts are going up. They're getting that gambling money coming in. You want to be able to chance to get back to the negotiating table. And with Lamar, with, with, with his career, the type of player he is, I would think the team would want to do a shorter-term deal. I mean, the first of all, the long-term deals for most people, they ain't worth the paper they're written on. 
because they usually got an out after two or three years anyway that that benefits the team. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And okay. Well, listen, we'll 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 see what ends up happening. You know, I'm keeping my phone on. You hear it uh going off in the background. Um, still we haven't, you know, kind of gotten the word on on Lamar. So we will see uh what happens there. But the other uh at least the two that I'm looking at and and, and Clarence, we're gonna get to your guy Tony Pollard there in Dallas. What do you think the Giants should do, Fred? Should I uh, should I mean if they can't, first of all. You know, it's been talked about that, at least per reports, that Daniel Jones is looking for 45. There's a report out there that they're more than 35 to 39. Someone told me at Indy that that number number is not even right. It's closer to the lower 30s in terms of what they've been talking about, you know, for Daniel Jones. And that's his agents out there working, at least what people are talking about. But, you know, and then what should they do with Saquon? Who should get tagged? Who should get the money? What should they do? Real quick. I, I I would sign uh Saquon Barkley to a four-year deal around 50 million. I try to go and get him solidified. And I would franchise Daniel Jones. I need to see more. I need to see, I need to see you win games with your arm. He won a lot of games with his feet this year. People don't give him enough props for what he can do with his feet. But I'm sorry. I'm not prepared already to pay Daniel Jones 45 million. I think you franchise him and you give him another another bite at the apple. And if not, then I go looking for another quarterback. Clarence. Well, the, the problem is that, you know, quarterbacks are not guaranteed. And, and I know, you know, people say he's not worth this money and he shouldn't get this money. But if, if, if not Daniel Jones, then who who you going to play with your playoff team last year? You I can get Jimmy Garoppolo. It's, it's a lot of options out there. It's a lot of options out here for a team that plays great defense and that can run the ball. I can get a quarterback in here that doesn't make mistakes. I can get everybody. And listen, we still don't know what's going to happen with the teams with two and three quarterbacks. The 49ers, three quarterbacks on their roster. Trey would probably be with somebody else at the beginning of the year. Jordan Love might be the starter at Green Bay forcing Aaron Rodgers out. We, we got a backlog of quarterbacks on a couple of different teams that can be legit starters for teams. You, and you like Trey Lance in Miami, don't you? Well, I like Trey Lance just getting a damn chance. Like, he's one of those guys. <laughs> hey, do, do y'all understand that Trey Lance haven't played football in three years? Like, yeah, like, he hasn't played football. We don't even know what he is. Well, first of all, we also got to give you your credit, Fred, uh, because I did talk to you about this yesterday. During the season, Fred did bring up the possibility of Lamar Jackson going to the commanders. And there is some, you know, thread behind that as far as Lamar's affinity for Eric Benjamin. Now, obviously nothing is, you know, for sure and all this other stuff, but at least there's substance to what you were saying per your conversations with Lamar during the season. So go ahead and gloat for like two seconds. Well, I hate to toot my own horn and say I told you so. But hey, I even got another smooch the dumbest thing. If we end up, if we end up getting Bezos with a guy with that amount of money, I think he will be the first person to give his quarterback a guaranteed deal to keep him off of the uh allowing us to sign other players, and he will get his number one defensive player, a totally guaranteed deal, keeping the cap down low. We will be that first team. So don't be shocked if Lamar get his U-Haul and come 30 miles south to Washington, D.C. I'm old enough to remember when you was just telling Sam Howe just about 20 minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I like Sam Howe, but he ain't Lamar Jackson. Hey, he, he, he ain't Lamar. We was on this same show just a few minutes ago. We were 
call my Sam Howell. Hey, listen, we're going to see what's going to happen with Lamar, but there's no doubt about it that, you know, he has his affinity, you know, for uh, uh, Eric Benemy. We'll see, you know, what happens in Baltimore, ultimately what they select with the tag. Well, well listen here, we're going to pick up the rest of our headlines here soon because I do see that our guest is uh, in the backstage. I told you we were going to have a special VIP on the show today, uh, Nolan Smith, you know, from Georgia, obviously had one heck of a combine performance in Indianapolis, Clarence. I'm sure you saw it and all that other stuff. So let's go on to our crew crib. What up, what up, what up? I told you we had a very special VIP coming into the crew. Georgia Edge, Nolan Smith in the building. What is going on, Nolan? How y'all doing, man? I'm just happy to be on set with y'all, having a blessed morning. Just finished my workout, just sitting in our beautiful facility, in case people want to see how beautiful Oh, you out here working. Uh, always got to do that. Is that, is, that the, is that the other Bulldogs domain? Because you know I'm a Mississippi State Bulldog. Is that George's domain right there? Oh, yeah. This is the real, the real Bulldog. The real bulldog. <laughs> oh, wow. We're going State, in from the jump. Right, but this is the real Bulldog. <laughs> oh, Laura. Well, listen, we saw you absolutely tear it up in Indianapolis. Uh, Clarence Hill, who covers uh, the Cowboys for the Star-Telegram, also joining us here, Nolan. He was in Indy. I was in Indy. We saw you lay down that 40 for an official 4.39, the second fastest 40 time for a deal since 2003. Your vert was out of this world at 41.5. I'm just curious. How have things changed? We saw how you performed for Georgia, particularly in your year before, you know, you didn't play the whole season or what have you, but how has everything changed for you since you had that just awesome, fantastic performance in Indianapolis? Well, you know, it's just, I usually stay the same. I was just excited to see my guys happy about me, you know, excited about <laughs> Really to see that real connection over 4,000 miles. Like I haven't seen them since the national championship and for them to be, Watching me and Robert run the first day in the room or in our locker room, it was just crazy. You know, it's just, it makes you feel like all of those four years hasn't been going to nothing. You know, you really have a connection with those people and those really are your brothers. Can you outrun Michael Parsons? I just want to see <laughs> Michael Parsons. I want to see Michael Parsons. I knew he was going to bring a cowboy into this. How, no, Clarence? I mean, they, they edge rushers. They they get to the quarterback. He ran it four three nine. I want to see him and Michael Parsons go. You have you seen Michael run? Yeah, I seen Michael. Michael, one of my good friends. He the only reason that I went on a Penn State official visit. Um, we signed really with the same agency, so it's gonna be plenty of times. It's gonna be talked about racing when we at our team event. So I already know. I already got it coming for myself. So have you already told him you gonna you gonna get him? <laughs> I tell you, man, put money on the line and then we could talk. We got. <laughs> <laughs> uh, don't, don't, don't worry, you gonna you gonna have a lot of that. Don't worry about that. Now you gonna think about it. Running the four three, they got you listed as a a, a rush edge, but in, in, they're gonna put you in linebacker situation similar to Michael Parsons, where they're gonna want you to play out for the ball. Just, is that what you want to show them at the combine? I'm not just an edge rusher. I can line up all three downs wherever you want me to. Yes, sir. Really, that's what I wanted to show them, and that's what I did at Georgia. I was. Had my hand in the dirt from first and second down. And then um, the rest of the downs, you know, I play off the ball back. I play man coverage. Um, I can cut. I can be your low hole. I can be your spy guy. You know, yeah. that's really when I wanted to show them at the combine. And I also have time to show them that at my pro day. 
So yeah, speaking uh, of just uh sorry, just speaking of the teams that you're you know obviously trying to press at the combine, uh, can you give us a little bit more insight of who you met with and what are some of the things that they were focusing on you with that at least stood out or that you remember? Um, I really met the my most rememberable meeting was the Chiefs, Seahawks, and um, Pittsburgh. Mm. You know, those were great. Those were great organizations, and I just love meeting with them. And you also know, man, it's. The Chiefs just won the um Super, the Super Bowl. Bowl. So when after the Chiefs won the Super Bowl, I was excited to meet another champion as well. Yeah. yeah. I wanted to be a part of a championship program, a winning program. I tell them, you know, I could care less about, you know, individual accolades. I'm a ring chaser. And I've been mm -hmm. chasing rings and I wanna win the next I wanna win at the next level too. So what were they well, focusing I on in terms of questions though? Oh, they were just asking me the things that I can do as far as pass rush, um, what did I do with Georgia, and what makes our, our defense just so different year in and year out. And I tell them, we run an NFL-style defense, and uh, Coach Smart demands a lot from us. Well, I, I hate to bust your bubble. As a guy that went through that situation, all the teams they interview you, you're not going to those teams. I hate to tell you what you did at the combine. You're going to go way before the Chiefs and way before the uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers. But here go the key thing to me is we all grow up loving a team. Me, myself, I followed Deion Sanders. I was a Atlanta Falcon. I was a 49er. I hate to tell Chia Hill this. I was a Cowboy. Uh, you yourself, uh, you yourself, who did you dream growing up like, I really want to put that uniform on. Like, if I make it to the pros, I want to put that uniform on. Well, you know, I have to say just the Seattle Seahawks and that 12th man, and you just hear everything about them. They had Bobby Wagner, and they had the Legion of Boom. And I say, man, yeah. if you have the Legion of Boom, I bet it's easy to get a bunch of coverage sacks. And you yeah. don't even have to do anything. You just have to really rush and get there within four to five seconds. And you yeah. got a sack because, you know, the back end is doing everything. Um, and just you think about the, all the types of teams that have and people play together. It's just things, mm -hmm. that, things that you have to do as far as the back end, working with the front end and all us being tight end to get one job and get things done. You know, I look mm -hmm. at you and, I, and, and, and you, know, you got all the measurables. I look at the numbers, six and a half sacks in the past two seasons. Certainly mm -hmm. you were injured, but you're mm -hmm. a guy kind of like Michael Parsons with the best is yet to come. I don't think we saw the best of you in college. You, mm -hmm. I, I, program we're gonna see the best the best yet to come for you in the pro yes sir i think that i think so for me as well just because guys in the pros they can rush certain ways and no offense against my school that i went to but coach smart just not having that we all gonna play all on the same page we all <laughs> gonna make sure we're doing the right things and even certain times in the league they got some guys that it can free rush one side and rush past the level of the quarterback just to get the quarterback off the spot and another guy countering so, you know, it's a lot of things that they do in the league that just simply we don't do yet in college just because the quarterback step drops is different. They're not doing quick game. They're not hitting strings and draws. And most mm -hmm. of the time they have long words, long word play calls. Yeah. In the college, man, they're going lightning fast. Like when we play Tennessee, they're lining up in six seconds and they snap on the plate within six seconds. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious too, because one of the things I just emphasize for these people on this podcast that are listening, six foot two, 238 
that 4.39 says a former Tar Heel myself, because you know I let got to let you know, Nolan. I used to let, no, 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 no. let me let Nolan know. I used to run track for Carolina Tar Heel. Nice so you know I am very curious. How did you get your time down in the four threes? What specifically did you do to get that type of speed on the four? He, he was born that way. Everybody. Go ahead, yeah, really, the SEC just in this in the speed which we play the game and just squatting. Honestly, five everyone squats five hundred. Everyone got a power clean of certain things to do this. And you know, week in and week out, Georgia has put in plenty of guys that put up big numbers in the combine. And I think it's more to come. I'm just one of the guys that wore the G on my chest that just happened to come through. But I think I'm just one of the few. Um, and just to get my time down, you know, I work with RC at Proactive. That's probably one of the best facilities I've been around. And also just training at Georgia for four years and then going up there and them teaching me how to run, the correct way to run, the correct things to do. When, what were y'all doing? Like a whole did bunch you run of track in high school? Did you run track in high school? I ran track in high school, but I forgot all that stuff. I ain't, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's over with. Yeah. Mm -hmm. no, if you was fast in high school, you're going to be fast in college. I mean, it yeah. was fast to run on the track team, right? Yes, sir. Well, I mean, you we run fast. They may refine some of your techniques, but you can run. You can always run. Yeah, I can always run, and I like running people down, chasing people down. But mm. it's just my mom. I can say my mom had that fast speed. My mom played basketball, yeah. so she was quick back in her mm. day. I guess mm. I would say I got it from her. Mm. Have you have you have you talked to some of your old teammates and the Kobe Deans of the world, the Jordan Davises of the world about maybe coming? You know, maybe Philly got a spot for you. Talking about a team with some draft capital, a team that might trade down. Because I did it when I was coming out from uh, in '01. I called a couple of guys that I played with, and like, how is it in the league? What's the difference? Like you said, the play call is a lot longer. Uh, once the tight end moves, they change plays. Have you talked to any old Georgia boys about maybe joining them in Philadelphia, coming to? The NFC East, where everybody plays great football. Oh, yeah, Lord. I talked to a lot of my friends. You know, they said, man, mostly not the football is the same, but the playbook's the same, and the demandings that we have at Georgia is the exact same what they want in the league. They want guys that can pick up the playbook. They want guys that can carry it from the meat into the field, from the meat into the walk, and make sure you studying on your own. And that's what Coach Smart demand from us. The, Coach Smart, after, after we win, he tells us, you know, y'all should meet together as a group and go over things that we should do better on Sundays when we have our workouts. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we we started to listen to him for the last two years, and you've seen the results. So when you listen to your coach, man, great things can happen. Forget the SEC. Forget the SEC talk. Let's oh, talk about Lord. it. Ain't no such thing. No, 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 no. Let me talk now. Forget the SEC. Let's talk about Georgia and what you guys have done to take up, become the kings of the SEC, <laughs> taking that mantle from Alabama. What if you? How does that feel for what Georgia has done? Because Alabama's ruled the roots for so long. You guys have finally won national championship. You won back to back national championships. He's that, trying that to is, get me. He's trying to get me to give Alabama some fuel. I can't do. Yeah, it. <laughs> don't let him do you like that. Alabama's a great program. I'm just saying, though, it feels good. <laughs> it, it does. It does feel good to win against them. But we went against the Pac-12 this time and the Big Ten and a mm -hmm. lot of other conferences. But man, Alabama mm -hmm. is always going to be up in there. Long as Nick Saban is coaching at that program, they that's will what, be That's what he said at the combine, Nolan. <laughs> 
right? That's what he said, Clarence. Hey, but listen to this. I know one of the things that you also said at the combine is you really wanted to, uh, you know, kind of highlight the support that you got from um, Kirby and also to lend your support, you know, to him, especially with everything also going with Jalen. Why was that important for you to do in Indy? Um, it just I wanted to stick up for the people that I've been with for four years, just not mm -hmm. even that connection piece, but just the loyalty piece. And also the media don't get to see, you know, the true size of people and what they do day in and day out every day at work. They just may see one guy make a mistake. And, you know, I made a, a lot of people make mistakes. A lot of people don't live right. You know, mm -hmm. the Bible mm -hmm. said he who not sins shall cast the first stone. And it just feel like we a glass house right now. And a lot of people just throwing stones at us. Wow. And I just mm -hmm. wanted to pick up for my guys. And I don't want people to, you know, never think that I would never have their back. Any program organization I'm part of, if you with me, you with me. And I'm going to always have your back. And I love that. And that's so funny you said that because what we do learn going to the uh, combine is the combine, they're not looking for reasons to draft you. They're looking for reasons why not, not to, draft. to draft you. And that's what makes that process so hard. So if, 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 if somebody asked you right now, what's the most underrated part of your game? Because they see the 4-3, they're like, oh, he's an edge rush, so I know he can get sacks. What's the most underrated part of your game? Did you like, I'm here too and I can do this too? Man, just I say the most underrated part of my game is um, I got a high motor. I could play yeah. 75 plays and I could run full speed, 4-3 every time. And that's just how you play at Georgia. You play like your head's on fire. And um, I'm, we live right now. I can't say what we actually do. Once you work like that and play like that, it just becomes a part of yourself and a part mm -hmm. of your character. And that's mm -hmm. what Coach Smart trying to build in and instilled in us since we were young here. You know, guys that are fast run fast all the time. They don't run fast sometimes. Mm -hmm. Guys that are strong, they strong all the time. Okay. They don't strong yep. sometimes. So, mm -hmm. you know, that's what Coach Smart tried to get into us. And um, I think it worked. Mm -hmm. what Getting back to the combine, the questions. Mm -hmm. Was there any interesting questions, out-of-the-box questions you got, you know, from, from all those teams? Um, no, not really, you know. Um, None of the questions was out the box. Uh, <laughs> I just I love talking ball with some of the greatest coaches in the world. You know, my health, yeah. I'm going, I just took my hair out, so I'm going through a rough patch. That, that's, that's, that's all right. That's all right. Don't worry about you. That, that's yeah. all right. Clarence is always going through a rough patch with his hair. Yeah, yeah. His hair <laughs> is a rough patch. Hey, I just want to let you know that uh, – I know you never had to really worry about Mississippi State in college. You don't have to worry about Mississippi State, but them Texas Longhorns are coming, okay? We're coming hey, to Mississippi hey, hey, first of all, Clint, let me tell you something. Okay? Texas, Texas and Oklahoma better get used to seven and five. They'll be seven and five for the next decade until they get it. I know you never yeah, had to worry about A lot about of people want to come in the SEC and play SEC ball, I promise you. Y'all better look at – I look Missouri game. We said it was going to be a tough, hard-nosed game, and you have to show up every week in the SEC. People think it's a joke, but you mm -hmm. have to show up every week because we almost lost to Missouri, and it wasn't that they were better than us. They were – no, them boys came out to play, and it's the best team that show up every week because every week, SEC, they coming to get your lunch money. I'm glad you brought up Missouri because they came for the Big 12. They wasn't nothing. No, 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 no. What he's telling you is – you on uh, any given Saturday, you don't want to play Arkansas. In any no. given Saturday, you don't want to play Ole Miss. You don't want to uh, catch Kentucky at the wrong weekend. Like, at the end of the day, South Carolina going to play some football. It's very deep and very respected. I'm sorry, Big 12 ain't ready for that. Big okay, 12 ain't ready for that. All right, so, I said, yeah. we coming. We coming. 
Okay, a couple of things I wanted to clean up here. So, uh, Nolan, how much do you feel like your stock was impacted by your performance in terms of wherever you perceived yourself to be before, you know, the performance and where you perceive, you know, or whether talking with your agents or whoever else that you kind of perceive you are now? Um, you know, they said I, I made myself some money, you know, my draft stock went up, but just I felt I felt disrespected. Honestly, that's why I had to go out there and that's why I was telling people I haven't died, you know, just mm. forgot about me. You know, they didn't think, oh, this edge rusher from Georgia, I wasn't even brought up in any of the mock combines or any of that. So wow. that's why I had to, when I was there, I wanted I didn't want the camera in my face. Y'all didn't want to talk to me all week, so <laughs> I don't want to talk to me now. I want to keep mm -hmm. Keep the same mojo and energy that y'all had yep. all week and keep it the same because I don't want to be, oh, well, oh, we, y'all should have been doing, I felt like that should have been happening yep. like that anyway. So now that y'all treated me like that, I want to act yep. like that. I want to be like one of the guys that get sent to yep. the other side of the media and all. Don't, don't act different around me. So um, I just felt real disrespect that I play with a chip on my shoulder just because mm -hmm. I'm not supposed to be here. I'm supposed to be somewhere in Savannah, Georgia, latching down boats, working for the ILA. And yeah. I tell the boys, I remind myself that on the daily. Wow. Hey, who, who are you looking forward to? Because when I came into the league, I'm, I'm from Mississippi, so Jerry Rice was my idol growing. I love some Jerry Rice. And I was just looking forward to being on the same field as him and playing against him. Who are you looking forward to to, 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 to meeting in the hall? Is it a Derrick Henry? Uh, is it, you know, who are you looking forward to say, you know what? I'm ready to swap a little paint with you. Man, just really everybody. Um, <laughs> Any team that pass up on me that I got to sit there and watch, I just make sure I'm writing it down and I'm memorizing it in my head just so when my opportunity gets shown, I'm going to show you why you should have drafted me, why you should have did all this and that. And then, um, really, I'm ready to swap paint with everybody, you know. Um, a lot of guys come from the SEC, you know, those big Derrick Henrys, those big backs. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. and I've seen Leonard Fournette. He was working out at Proactive. I was like, you you big, you look, you look. Oh, he's he 240. He's And yeah, and Leonard Fournette sitting up there. He will be uh, finding another team in uh, the 2023 season as he's left the Bucks. He's been on this show before. So when you see him next time, tell him Joe Cena said, what's up? Come back on the crew for sure really quick. But I would say after you made the decision not to run the 40 again, I really felt like Nolan, you should have because I felt like you could have gone even lower than 439. As a track person, when I seen you running, you was pushing hard you veered a mm -hmm. little bit to the left side of the lane i was like there was room there to go maybe about mm -hmm. four three seven and four da, 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 da. i didn't no. wanted to see because i know i was like he got he, he still got beat on the ball he still got no, beat no, on the no, no, no. he dropped the mic already man uh, i'm gonna ball. say hey hey no Nolan Smith out. I got one. I, I'm going to show you one time and Nolan Smith out. I'll see y'all in April. All right. That's when I see you again. Hey, yeah. la last question here, Nolan, because I want to make sure we get you out of here. We definitely appreciate you joining us from, you know, the facility where you're working out this morning. But uh, give us an idea. When is the, um, you know, the, the pro day and what's the plans as far as, you know, everything with that? Because we know you did just a select few things, you know, in Indy, especially coming off of the PEC you know, and everything that you got to show coming off that injury. Yeah, so I'm a football player. I've been playing this game since I was four. This is what I live for. I know some people play for different reasons. Mm -hmm. Some people play for money. Some people play for this. Some people play for that. I play this for my mama every day I'm out there so she can see her boy doing something that he loved that I begged her to play. She didn't mm -hmm. want me to play football. She told me that's a gruesome game. And she say, I know, son, if you put your mind to it, you'll want to do it. So mm -hmm. from the time she dropped me off from the age of four, when I had to get that water out the water hose, yeah. mm -hmm. I was tackling them dummies with the tape on it. I was in yeah. 
man. Mm-hmm. I, just mm-hmm. love, I just love the game. So I'm here to do drills and stuff at Pro Day. The reason that I really didn't do drills and stuff at the Pro Day because I um, I kind of tweaked my hamstring. I wasn't mm-hmm. I wasn't running full speed, but I mm-hmm. um, just tried to get a good time down and wanted to move a little bit and um, just pulled my hamstring a little bit. So um, they told me to call it. My um, people that I work with just said, don't yeah. call it. We want you to do stuff at Pro Day. Yeah, and, um, I'm going to be doing drills and all the drills and everything at the Pro Day just because you know, I, we get to work out with NFL coaches who wouldn't want to do that just to see how they do different drills, see how they think, what's their mm-hmm. aiming points, what they arms. That's why I'm trying to – I'm trying to – well, I'm not trying to meet with Von Miller, but I'm going to meet with Von Miller, and he going to – I tell him he going to be like – you're going to be a, a teacher for the week. I'm going to be walking mm-hmm. around with an iPad. Good thing you walk, I'm walking. Yeah. However yeah. you go around corners in the house, I'm going around corners in the house. If you wake mm-hmm. up and run three miles, I'm going to wake up mm-hmm. and run three miles. So – just yeah, yeah, yeah. When you when you chilling with Vaughn, just study the lean, the the, the the lean that he rushes with with his pass rush. Everybody cannot do it. He's never hard on it. He's he's always at a ninety degree angle with that arm pushed out. And when he get there, he's always going for the ball. Never the quarterback. That's how you stay with no penalties. Go for the ball. The quarterback will follow. Yeah. See, look. I- since I've been a little boy, since we've seen him, no offense against Cam Newton, strip Cam Newton, it's always been strip sack, fumble, Von Miller. That's what kids yeah. always said. That's, that's what, what it is. Said. So that's what I go for. We go for the ball. We um, we tell guys, if you want to get that money in the league, go for the ball. Turn mm-hmm. over change games. Yep. I mm-hmm. love it. I love it. So the plan is to do all the drills. You going to run the 40 again? No. 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 Okay, 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 okay. And then when you meet with Von Miller, is that the week leading into the pro day, the week after? When when is that? Oh no, this is probably after. This is on my free time when I um know a okay. lot of people on vacations, but I want to learn how to pass rush better. I want to learn how to play mm-hmm. 15 years in the league. You know, mm-hmm. Von Miller just coming off his his really his 12th year. 12th year. Mm-hmm. And I heard a lot of people at his organization, the Bills said, um, you know, a lot of people think he lost juice, too. And I say, man, we just got the same chip on our shoulder. I'm not going to buy That's why I want to meet with him. It's more as well. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. Well, Nolan, you are a breath of fresh air. I love your personality. Yeah. I love your machismo. I love your belief in yourself and your desire to come back and, you know, clap on folks who, uh, you know, maybe slept on you a little bit. I'm looking forward to a huge, huge season from you. All love from the crew and everybody here on this show. Thank you for giving us your time. We really, really appreciate it. Uh, congrats, Boo Dog. Keep going, brother. Keep going. Make them remember your name. Yes, sir. Hey, Nolan. Look in the Mm -hmm. camera and say what your name is, and you're watching the crew. Nolan Smith, outside linebacker at the great University of Georgia, and you are watching the crew. That's what's up. We appreciate it. Thank you, Nolan. All right, boy, dog. Good luck, brother. All right, we'll see you. We'll see you. you. I appreciate it. That was Nolan Smith joining us from Georgia, man. He was a breath of fresh air. I really love that interview, guys, right? Yeah, oh, I loved it, man. That that's just the inside of a youngster. How we think at that age, you have to have that edge. If you ain't got that edge, I'm sorry. Did he go to promise? And this is the truth: three hundred guys was at the combine. Mm-hmm. Uh, a hundred of these guys gonna have a long career, if that many. That that just tells you the the delicacy of the number when it comes to it. But this kid, the way he thinks, he gonna be in the NFL a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great, uh-huh, kid. great kid, great attitude, great hair. I mean, again, dude, dude, got, dude got all. Like I said, just like when you, you say, I bring up Michael, but we didn't see the best of Michael at Penn State. You no, know, we didn't. Nobody knew he could rush like he did. And the same thing with Nolan with, his, with the measurables he has. 
You're going to see the best of him in the pros. You're going to see the best of him at Georgia. Really quickly, because uh, we do got to get out, we're going to move to the huddle and talk about a tour real quick, and then we'll be out. And right now, there's a report from Dan Gargano from ESPN. Talks between Aaron Rodgers and the Jets will continue today. So we are keeping our eye on that. We know that they are talking. But speaking of another quarterback, uh, Tua, Tua, obviously, in my I was there from training camp talking about how sharp his passes were to Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill. I covered the Dolphins multiple times, had fun, excellent interviews with all those people in the locker room. Me talking about me talking about um, uh, the team doing its due diligence and having conversations as they should per their business and per all positions on their team is just that no guarantees that he wasn't going to be the quarterback in 2023 or what have you people saying things that I didn't say and all these other things but it but if you're gonna have certain lists of certain quarterbacks you know being discussed or what have you and some of those qualify as potential QB1s yes that means that you may have discussions on how you feel about about you know his presence this season, that season, it, they're all internal conversations. It's up to the team to act on it or not. That's all we're saying. But go ahead, Fred. They got a franchise quarterback. You shouldn't be looking for nobody else. They got mm-hmm. their guy. They have committed. Only one person. I think that they would say, "Come on, and we'll put two on the bench." And that's Tom Brady. And we know why. We know why. Okay. Well, you did see. Well, they have uh, not committed. They have not committed to Tua. And there's no reason to commit to Tua. He, you don't really know what you're going to get. He got the concussion. They have not committed long-term to Tua. There's that, been nothing. Listen, from a full, hold on. And I want to make this clear. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on, let me let me let me hold on. Let me just say yes, Fred. Answer this, but from a football standpoint, nobody is uh, arguing with his football skill. We know that you led last season uh, in terms of passer rating. We know that you had a career year in passing yards. We know that you had a career year in terms of touchdown interception ratio, and you played phenomenally in that week two win against the Ravens. You came back and had a five game winning streak after you missed games after you uh, went to the hospital in week four in that Thursday night football game against the Bengals. All, nobody is disputing that. What we are talking about is the history of the concussions there no he's not the only quarterback to have concussions but we are talking about Tua in this moment and 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 as of right now as of what Clarence has said they have not extended him he fired his agents you know with whatever reasons he fired his agents but you have to think that part of that has to do with his desire to get a long-term deal they have not enacted or exercised the fifth year option but yes the deadline's not until May 1st nobody from that class has gotten their ex uh fifth year option exercise but even still, if you're not going to give him a long-term deal, and even if you exercise just a fifth-year option, Ian Rappaport, that does suggest that there's still concern because you have not gone about the long-term deal. And even if you do the long-term deal, the question is, Chris Greer, should you have, when some people feel, not I, you know, however, whoever, some people feel that if he gets hit again, it's going to be very problematic for his career. Ain't no if. He will get hit again. It's part of football. He will get hit. But you're saying, all right, they haven't committed to him. But Because they haven't. What, We're not saying it. They haven't. What, well, who, who are your alternatives? Because I'm sorry, at the cap number, Aaron Rodgers is not your alternative. You just gave Bradley Chubb $100 million, which you shouldn't have gave him. All right, so you don't have the cap room that you need to go sign an Aaron Rodgers caliber quarterback. So if you do replace... 
cap room yesterday and they just did a, a, a deal with Derek Carr. Cap oh, oh, we uh, we don't. Hey, first of all, I don't know who do the finances for the New Orleans Saints because they are terrible when it comes to the cap. But at the end of the day, who physically, money-wise, would fit with Miami? And you're gonna still have to cut to it. Uh, listen. You can you we can have a debate and Clarence, I'll let you answer real quick on who should be this, who should be that. Trey Lance, you know, Aaron, talk, who, whoever you whoever you want to talk about. The bottom line is it is Chris Greer's due diligence to make sure that you have whether it be QB two, QB one, whatever, and, and even including to whatever that you are you have your contingency plans built in and and maybe even a you know succession plan. From the standpoint, if something happens and he's not able to play or there's big questions as to whether he should, that you're not foregoing and forsaking the futures of the other 52 players and everything every, everybody else is doing on that team and having another season go to waste. That's it. Yeah, my only thing is, it, is, is saying that they've committed to him. They've not. It's because there are questions, there are legitimate questions about his durability. He's already seen small. He does have a concussion. He's had some injury issues. There are questions about his long-term durability. And and, and 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 it's okay and it's fair. And Tua is not is not alone in that. This happens with every team. It should not be so sensitive among all of the, you know, or not all of them, but a, a number of, you know, Dolphins fans that are just taking this way to, and part of it is because of certain things that are out there, people saying things I didn't say or what have you, and all these other things. It, it should not be, it's okay conversations and internal conversations are part of the deal. It's not a reflection of saying he cannot play or he's not made market improvement last season. Yes. Sensitive thugs need a hug. Like football players sometimes can't, like you can't tell me I'm your man and you out there dating other people. You can't tell me I'm your dude, and and now you're looking for Tua's a strong case, backup. Tua's case, because of what happened, is a spe and, and I know all the Dolphins fans. Kenny Pickett, you're not talking about this. You're not talking about the that we are talking about Tua in this conversation. And his situation is a special case that bears and is necessary to have other conversations. That that is it. That that is it. And whether they do it or not doesn't take away from the accuracy, whether there's an outcome of a new quarterback or not, or QB to whatever, 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 doesn't take away from the fact that happened. Hey. So so I so, so I shouldn't so I shouldn't do my job. I no, no, you got to do your job. You got to do your job. But okay. hey. they gonna take our two pieces go to South Beach. Let us wear two pieces on South Beach. <laughs>